perspective. We all know how important it is to have perspective in life. Let me tell you a story. So a young boy who grew up outside of New York is a huge baseball fan, and he loved, as he was growing up, the Brooklyn Dodgers when they existed. And he had a chance with his father to go one of the World Series games that the Brooklyn Dodgers were in. And they were playing against the New York Yankees, their arch rival at that time. And the kid hated the Yankees and just wanted to see them destroyed by the Dodgers. So he goes to the game, and that's not what happens. The Dodgers were the ones who got destroyed. The Yankees dominated the game. In fact, not a single player from the Dodgers even made a base. And so the boy was so sad by this. And it was the only World Series game he ever went to, so it just impressed upon him the memory of this and remained with it all of his life. And he continued to be a, a baseball fan, but that, that was a sore spot for him. Well, years later, he's older, he's an older man, and he's at an airport, and there's a delay in the flight, and he's talking to this guy who's next to him, finds out this other guy is a huge baseball fan. And so they just talk back and forth and exchange stories, and he tells him the story about the World Series, and the guy interrupts him and goes, hold on, hold on, what? This other guy says, you were at that game? That game where the New York Yankees pitcher Don Larson pitched a perfect game, the first perfect game in the history of the World Series? You were at that game? And that changed this man's perspective forever. He went from the experiencing and remembering and mourning the loss to celebrating that he was at the game where the first no-hitter in the World Series ever happened. Which for him was huge because he was a, this baseball fan. He got to be at that game. Perspective. We all know the importance of perspective. And having a new or a different perspective or the right one could change everything for us. Well, we know that in human living. And I think this can help us then have a new perspective upon a teaching of Jesus that has become all too familiar with us. And therein lies the problem. Is that we are not seeing this teaching from a different perspective. So let's jump into it. It's the Beatitudes. And this is Luke. So Luke also adds what Jesus said, the woe to me. Matthew's gospel doesn't have that. So let's start with woe are you. Woe are you, Jesus says, if you are rich now. If you are hungry now. If all people speak well of you now. At first pass, we might think that Jesus is not concerned about our happiness. Because this is the stuff that the world has been teaching us over and over again, up and down our lives, 
that makes us happy. Like having a lot of friends and having a lot of money and going through life with a lot of experiences that fill us up. Now, a disclaimer. Jesus is not condemning us if we have money or a lot of friends or we just want to have a lot of different experiences in life. He's not condemning that. He's giving us a new perspective on that. He's saying, woe to you if this is all that you pursue in life. If all that you ever pursue in life is chasing after money, more of it, and always being concerned about what other people think of me. So much so that we build our lives and our personalities and our activities and we make our decisions and we take our actions based upon what other people think of me. Woe to you. How sad for you if this is your life. Well, if your life is an endless stream of running from one experience to the next and getting a little satisfaction there that's temporary and then it fades and you have to go on to the next experience and the next experience and it's insatiable. Woe to you if that's your life, Jesus is saying. Here and now, your life. But woe to you also if having lived your life like that, then that's what you get at the end of your life. Only the things that you've pursued and nothing more. And then, God forbid, from our place in eternity in hell, we forever regret now knowing then in eternity, we forever regret pursuing the wrong things in this world. Can you imagine an endless eternity of regret? Listen. Unlike the world who has twisted the gospel, right? Twisted it into something was never meant to be. We as Christians have to get this in our head. We were not put into this world just to be good people. And we have distilled and dumbed down Christianity to that level. God didn't put us in this world just to be good people. He put us in this world to choose Him. This is where we make our choice. And based upon what we pursue in life is what we get for all of eternity. And so Jesus is saying is, woe to you! If that's what you pursue, your riches and your friends and filling up and all kinds of other activities. And you never put God first and foremost and above that. Which leads to the Beatitudes. The blessed are you. Blessed are you, Jesus says. Blessed are you if you are poor. If you are hungry. And if other people reject you. And dismiss you. And persecute you. And call you evil. 
because you follow me. Blessed are you. What? Again, this is upside down and we're thinking to ourselves, is Jesus even concerned about our happiness? Because this is the world. The world says that's the stuff that's not going to make you happy. So what's the deal? Perspective. Jesus is giving us perspective here. He's saying this. Blessed are you if you're poor. What he's not saying here is that he wants everyone to be in spiritual, I mean, to be in material poverty. He's not saying that. He doesn't care if we're rich or if we're poor. What he cares about is if you recognize that you're poor, no matter your state of life, if you recognize in an interior life, in your spiritual life, your own spiritual poverty. Let me say it a different way. If you recognize in your poverty that you need God, if, you, if you're rich and you recognize you need God, if you're poor and living under an, a, 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 a bridge and you recognize your need for God, if you're middle class and you recognize your need for God, then that, that's what you'll pursue because you recognize your need for Him. Blessed are you. And the same goes with blessed are you if you're hungry. Listen, we all have hungers, don't we? And you know them. You know what you hunger after for in this world. We all have them. And Jesus is saying, blessed are you who hunger and you recognize your need for God and therefore in your need for God you go to Him and He satisfies your hunger. He reorients those disordered hungers and makes them rightly ordered, directed to Him. We all have hungers, and our hungers can lead us away from God. But if we recognize our need for God, our hungers can lead us to God. Because in our hungers, we recognize our need for God. And He fills us. But not completely. And here's the reason why so that we continue to hunger for Him, so that we recognize our need for Him, so that throughout our lives and through the years, we always pursue Him. It's an imperfect world, and God won't perfectly meet all of our hungers, but He will meet them. And in a way that everything else that we pursue, that we hunger for, never meets us because they're insatiable And blessed are you, he says, if because you follow me, there are others who reject you and call your name evil because of me. How often, for instance, when we hold to our values as Christians out in the world, are we now being called the evil ones? Right? Blessed are you, he said. If you live according to your values and your beliefs, if Jesus is who you pursue, if you follow his truths, even if they're hard, and people reject you, 
Yes, there's going to be losses. And when we follow Jesus, sometimes we're going to lose some of the people that we want in our lives, the friendships, the crowd. But let me ask you this question. Because we all have to choose. Is it the crowd or is it Christ? When it comes to making your decisions every day and living your lifestyle, are you more following what the crowd says to do or are you following Christ? Because if you're following the crowd, God bless you because the crowd is fickle, right? It changes from one thing to the next every day. But for following Christ, we're going to lose some of the crowd. But just like that guy who got a new perspective on the baseball game, where he was only concentrating on the loss, then, new perspective, he celebrates a reality that he never saw before. It's the same with us. Yes, we may lose some friendships because of who we are in Jesus Christ. And people may come after us, literally, uh, as individuals, family members and so on, other friends. The society in general coming after us as Christians. But here's the deal. Jesus says this. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be provided for you that you need. And so we will also gain friends and the type of friends that we will gain by living in our faith and living in a relationship with Jesus Christ are the friends that have our values and our beliefs. The friends that love that we love Jesus Christ and protect that and nourish it and want to be a part of it. The families that are like our families and want to raise up their families with the same types of families. Blessed are you that you don't have those others and now you have them. That they got out of the way so that others can come. And that's where you spend your time and your energy and you're built up and you're protected and you're nourished. And here's, here's the other part. You're sent out to the ones that you lost. Not as friends, but they are your mission. They're your mission. God gives you the friends if you live in the reality of who he meant you to be. And that's where you're shaped and formed and strengthened and informed. And then that's where you're sent out from day to day as missionaries to the crowd. That you convert rather than they convert you. Blessed are you. Let me end with this. We all have a choice. <laughs> we have choices to make every day. And the choices are basically these. Will you choose what the world says is blessed? And avoid what the world says is woe? Or will you choose what God says is blessed? And avoid what he says is a woe? And how you make those decisions 
will determine your happiness, which is what we all want. And it will determine your happiness or not for all of eternity.